Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. You've got questions, we've got answers. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm your co-host, Julie Bender. And I'm Darlene Brock. I wonder if everyone's loving having us back in their feed every single week. I hope so. I hope they're not. I'm just going to assume yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good assumption. Let's go for it. Well, especially because there's so much chaos and craziness going on. Hopefully when Tuesday comes around and they have a new episode of us in their feed, they find a little bit of peace and joy because I know I need it these days. Yeah. Are you feeling it, Julie? I am. I am feeling the insanity and all. Some days I feel like I've just been hit every side like I'm in a paintball contest and I'm just standing there getting all the hits well and then if you have a day where you're not feeling that I don't know maybe it's just me you almost feel like guilty that you're experiencing some sort of levity or peace so in in the world of post 2020 2021 has not gotten better. Can I just acknowledge that publicly? <laughs> it has not. And We're we all, sure thought it was going right? to. We yeah. had such high hopes. Maybe yeah, we it's did. 2022. Yeah. Um, and the truth is, is, you know, those outside things that become inside struggles do weigh on us. That They're part of the reality of today's day and age. And they do impact every area of our lives in some way it it can be exhausting it can feel like we're on a ride that we you know it's not a disney ride like that we chose to get on like we were forced onto this thing or if it's the small world that keeps going on and 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 you just want to scream and that's what it feels like whether it is you know politics whether it is the people just not liking each other or being mad at each other for something or COVID or whatever We're just getting hit on every side. And it doesn't only upset us, it really challenges everything we think and everything we feel. So what we wanted to consider today is how do we find peace and purpose in a world that we can't control? And so when we asked that question, the first person that came to mind to help us answer it is one you may be somewhat familiar with. We're bringing in our beloved guest, Dr. Zoe Shaw. She's a licensed psychotherapist and life coach, wife, mom, author, and athlete. And she's been part of Grit and Grace Life for years now as a frequent writer, podcast guest, and she answers your life questions for free in our advice column, Ask Dr. Zoe. Welcome, Dr. Zoe. Thank you. I'm glad to be here as usual. I know. It's always good to have you. We love it. It's like the gang's back together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's lunchtime here, although Dar didn't let me eat lunch. She's working me very hard today. Um, But we know you're a Cali girl and have probably accomplished an incredible feat already for the day. Um, But... I know since you're also the queen of self-care, having just written a book about it, I'd love for you to share with us something that you're currently doing in the chaos of your life to take care of yourself. Excellent question. You know, I think, I can't think of anything new. Self-care is really a practice for me. And so I do my normal routine. I got up early this morning at five before the kids got up because- For me, it's so caring to have a space where there's quiet and I have nobody, you know, coming into my brain, asking me a million (laughs) questions and needing a million things for me. So for me, my mornings are my self-care. I get up, I have quiet, I get my tea, I write, 
I work out, and then I feel like I can actually start my day. Well, I can't imagine 5 a.m. I do not do 5 a.m. I would love for you to get up at 5 a.m. and do a workout. That would be something to see. Uh, That would be like a a life moment. That's when we would know somebody needs to take care of Darlene. Like something's actually wrong. It's true because nighttime is my, my peaceful, quiet time. Not mornings. Not at all. For sure. Well, I think we're all experiencing a little bit of what feels like chaos in today's world. It, it feels somewhat out of control. And so uh, we want to we bring that to you, Dr. Zoe, because we see you as such a, you know, um, a resource on all things, you know, health and mental health specifically. And so how can we, well, first of all, why are we feeling so overwhelmed with everything we're seeing in the world, the news, society, and what can we do about it? You know, just this topic alone saddens me, but I want this to be uh, an encouraging, empowering episode. Um, But it does, it it just, it makes my heart so heavy to work with clients who are under so much stress, so much depression, so much anxiety because of what's going on in the world right now. And it doesn't have to be that way. There's a lot of really heavy things. There are, and we're all dealing with them, but it doesn't have to be that way. But I want people to understand that our brains we're not wired for peace, prosperity, um, you know, just really feeling good in the present. Our brains were created for protection. And many, many years ago, you know, in the Garden of Eden and, and after, you know, there wasn't all the social media, there was, there was nothing to alert a brain about any possible thing coming up except what was going on in the present. And so God created our brains to be able to activate, right? And to create chemicals to allow us to run or fight, um, to drive us up, to be able to attack anything that was hurting us in the present. And our brains do that really well. And so, you know, when you saw a lion or a tiger, you knew what to do your, your body, not you, not your conscious mind, but you know, your subconscious mind knew what to do to activate yourself. The problem. And then what happened is once that danger went away, our bodies, our brains were bathed in calming chemicals, right? Mm -hmm. And we were able to then go about our daily life and that's how we were created. But now in a world where we are seeing all of the danger constantly, our minds never get a break from it. Mm-hmm. So we are constantly revved up and our brains are doing the very thing that they're supposed to do to keep us, you know, to survive, to keep us alive, but it's damaging and hurting us now. Um, and so I say all that to say that you're normal. <laughs> Your brain is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. And we can be thankful for that, but we have to understand it. And we have to give ourselves grace for that stress and anxiety that we feel. But it also means that we have to then do something about it. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to guard ourselves so that we are not constantly being bombarded. Oh, Zoe, I love the, I love the fact that I'm normal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is a normal reaction. It's not something that I shouldn't expect. And so when Mm -hmm. all of the negative comes in and I get overwhelmed by it, what's the next step to go from the negative input to positive? Because it feels like you just get hit so many times, you can't get out of the negative world. 
but you know you have to to survive. Right. Well, one of the first things that I'm going to ask you to do is to go ahead and and take yourself out of the negative world. And this is really hard. And I was just talking to a client about this because um, we were. She's got so much anxiety; it's crippling. And we were looking at what's your routine? What's your daily routine look like? The first thing she get, does when she gets up in the morning, she turns on the news. And right, mm -hmm. right. And we started to have you know this conversation, and I begun to suggest to her that maybe you cannot do that. This is really having an effect on you. And she got so angry at me and she said, you're asking me to put my head in the stand and, you know, ignore all the things that are going on in this world. And I'm telling her, no, this is not about, you know, this isn't about being complacent. It's not about sticking your head in the sand. This is about protecting yourself and understanding the purpose of the news. So we all know this news is a business. <laughs> the purpose of the news is to elicit a response is to keep you watching. So you pay so, so that, you know, advertisers are going to pay. Um, and the reality is there will never, ever, ever be a day when we wake up and we look at the news and they say, you know what? There's just not a lot going on in the world. Why don't you guys go about your life? <laughs> And we're going to take a day off and you guys can just never, right? That's never going to happen. No, but I would and definitely, so <laughs> I would definitely watch that news network if they at least every third day said, you know what? I'm going to give you nothing but great stories today. Happy, happy right. moments, inspiring things. So yes. And you know, there's some news, news agencies that have tried to do that. And unfortunately it just doesn't pay. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it just doesn't work out that way. And so news is, has to be created. So my point is, is that you can watch the news, but you don't have to watch it every day. You could probably watch the news once a week and things get repeated. And you know that you'll watch breaking news and you go to look at it. And it's kind of like the same thing you already heard, right? Mm -hmm. But it's still ramp ramping your body up. So I'm asking you to work on protecting your mind, just like you do your children's, you guard what you, what goes into your children's brain. And yeah, you're an adult. Maybe you can tell a little more, but we don't recognize the effect of it. So first thing I am going to ask you to do is stop, stop consuming as much media as you are. And the other thing is choose books when we're looking to kind of gain wisdom, because books have been vetted books have, um, people, you know, there's a whole process books are processed. There are things that it has to go through for the information to get to you. Whereas social media and the news it's put up quickly, right. And it, it's put there for a reason to create an emotional response. But if you're really looking to gain wisdom and information, books are probably a better way to do that. Um, I feel like I am, you know, maybe doing something right then because I finally started reading some books this year. Um, okay, so in addition to what you're saying here, though, I, I feel like we we need some very practical, like I need you to give me some steps because you're my step girl. And if you lay out a step, Dr. Zoe, I'm going to take it. So take me, you know, take me beyond turning off the news. What are some very intentional things that I can do to really begin to shift my mind out of the negative and more toward the positive? So when you find yourself in a space of feeling very overwhelmed, feeling scared, going from kind of helpless to hopeless, what I want you to do is sit down and ask yourself, what do I know for sure? Because the reality is, is that, you know, I'm 46 years old and in the course of my life, even 
as a writer, I can see my own development too, as I go back and I look at the things that I've written and things that I thought I knew for sure. I don't know for sure anymore. Uh, things that I might've been very convicted about. I realized, you know what, maybe that wasn't really the full truth. And so I, I think we have to do this on a regular basis, but if you look at, at your life and what you know for sure, so I'll tell you what I know for sure. What I know for sure is that there is a God in heaven. What I know for sure is that there's a Jesus who died for my sins. What I know for sure is that I will love my children until the day I die. And that, that's pretty much all I know for sure. And that might sound really like what, there's nothing else, you know, I have a lot of convictions and I have a lot of beliefs and I'm sometimes outspoken and blunt and I have no problem about being that, but I also have learned over the course of my life that I need to hold those convictions very lightly because the, the longer I live, the more wisdom I gain. And the, the more I understand that all behavior makes sense in its context, I am able to hold my convictions, although I believe them. And I think it's very important to walk out convictions that you believe, but when we hold them so tightly, we then judge, we feel a lot of angst and anxiety when other people don't hold them the same way that we do. And it, it creates, of course, all of the, the wars, all of the, the splits, all, you know, all the things that happen. I mean, we have splits in churches about really minuscule things. And the reality is, is that you, all the things, if you sit and think about all the things that you believe and know to be true right now, you can't possibly be the only person in the world that has it all right. So things that you know, right, and believe to be true, I can promise you some of them aren't. And so I'm asking you to hold that because by holding that, it can allow you to lessen some of your anxiety and you go back to the one or two or three things that you know to be sure and hold on to those, then you know that ultimately everything else is going to be okay. So that's a practice that you can have. You can write those things down. And when I sit in the knowledge that there's a God in heaven who loves me, that Jesus died for my sins and that I know I will love my children forever and ever. I can have a peace that despite all the craziness that's going on in the world, I know that those things are true. And some of the other things I'm going to learn and I'm going to try to understand and I'm going to try to give other people grace. I love that, Zoe. I mean, I'm a lot older than you are, and I can almost create my own timeline of what I thought when I was 20, then what I thought mm. when I was 30, and then what I thought when I was 40, and we keep going. Yes. Um, but you really do, you might hold on to some of those, and maybe some of them are true, but what you said about understanding other people, that we all have a different life experience. Right. We grew up in different families. We grew up in different places. So if you start recognizing that and understand that is why they feel or think as they do, it's understandable. And often they're right. They're right. They could be. And yes. They could be. And we may not be. But then if we roll back to what we know to be true, that brings us hope. I think that always brings us hope because it kind of quiets the nonsense and enables us to go, all right, what I really believe is enough to hold on and maintain peace with. You know, one of the practices that I do with couples um, who are in conflict is I ask them, 
when they are arguing or when a conflict comes up that each of them takes the stance and they say it to each other. You are right. And let me understand why you are right. Because, because if you're able to look at the other person's point of view, it just helps when it comes to conflict, it allows you to be able to open yourself up. So when we look at really big things that are going on in our world, when we look at, you know, the abortion, when we look at, uh, uh, you know, the vaccination, COVID, all the sides, and people get so polarized. I'm not saying that there is no wrong or right. And that's what I want to make sure that people don't get into this idea that, well, are you saying that everything is gray and nothing really matters? Absolutely not. There are things that really, really matter. But if you can understand that people's points of view make sense because of their context, it just can help with your own emotional uh, well-being because you are not going to be any good to anyone if you're stressed and anxious and worried and angry. You will be good to people and you will be good for this world when you are in a place of, of peace and calm. Well, it's so for sure. I mean, so many of us want to have our opinion heard, but like you said, when it's laced with anxiety and fear and pressure and dominance, it's so uninviting and nobody wants to buy into that. But when you come in the approach that you're suggesting of like, there is something right about what you believe because I'm, you know, taking into context your your experience, there's, there's grace there and there's, you know, opportunity to hear one another and still, like you started, hold on to those few things that you know to be true. All right. So we have all this input coming at us and we want to share it because we're, we're afraid, we're concerned. We want to, you know, kind of share the, the anxiety and the, the difficulty. Should we? You know, maybe, you know, create workshops, do something that is thoughtful, that has some research base, that is not based in anger and emotion, because we just don't do so well as humans communicating from a place of pure emotion. Our feelings matter and they're real, but when we're really trying to get across to somebody, we have to have some logic built into it. And social media doesn't give us space for that. Uh, and we're not really listening to each other. We're just yelling, right? We're yelling into a vacuum. So what I say is don't be a fear spreader. If you already know that, that what's coming in and what you're trying to guard yourself from is fear, then don't do that yourself. And if I go back to Jesus and what he did, if you look at even, you know, the chaos that was in the world and, you know, at that time when he was there and all of the, the religious doctrine and, and the reality of people's sin, right? This is a man who came to save the world. He knows, he knows everything and he knows what's on the line, but what he didn't do is come and get in the pulpit and yell and scream fire and brimstone. He did not in any way create or elicit fear in the people. He did the opposite. He just loved. And I've been a victim of, of being, you know, caught up in all of the emotion we all are because we're human and it's easy to just spew things out. But Jesus with love, all he ever did was share and so love. And he managed to get those 12 people right to then after his death and resurrection spread his gospel across the entire world without fear. So you can still be 
create a difference more probably in your actions than getting on Instagram or Facebook and spewing out your political beliefs. And that's the next thing I think that I would encourage you to do if we're talking about steps and we're looking at purpose is to uh, elicit action instead of just words. Okay. What does that look like? What do you mean here? Because as a woman who likes to use a lot of words, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. I would, you know, I want to know how I can actively walk that out. Words are good. Words are so good and they're so necessary. Um, But when it comes to feeling overwhelmed, a lot of times what happens is there's so many torches to pick up. There's so many things that could be done or should be done. And, you know, when your brain gets told that there's something wrong, what your brain wants to do is fix it. And a lot of times we think we can just fix it by throwing, you know, words out. My suggestion to you to help you calm yourself, to help you focus and actually be productive is to write down all the things that you are passionate about or write down all the things, actually, I won't say passionate about, write down all the things that concern you the most in the world. What are the things that you're most worried about? Is it sex trafficking? Is it abortion? Is it, you know, things that are going on in politics? Is it something that's going homelessness? You know, what, what is it that really stresses you out? And then I want you to look at the one that matters the most to you. And I want you to choose that one thing that's your platform. I don't care how, you know, what you do for a living. I don't care, you know, how you live your life. That is your platform. We can all have a different platform and things can get done. We don't have to be everything and do everything, but when we pick one, we can be effective. When we pick one, we can be focused and take action and we're not, um, so spread out that it's overwhelming. So what that means is let's say, you know, whatever your platform is, let's say it's homelessness. That means that in your power, in the course of all the things that you do in your life and the mo- in a non-overwhelming way, you are going to focus on doing something regularly for homelessness, right? And maybe when something big happens in the world, you're going to be bigger about it. You're going to talk more about it when some, you know, and other days you're just going to plug away. And if you know that that's your thing, then when all these other things come, when the news and all these things, you can recognize, okay, there's other people that are taking care of that. This one is my platform and I can do a lot in this one space. And that, that really is purpose, right? That's about finding your purpose. Um, and, and that's another way that you can kind of calm the overwhelm by focusing on one thing. I love that, Zoe, because I think if you pick one thing that you try to do something about, you will inevitably see some outcome. If you try to fix everything, you won't. There's no way you can fix everything. And I think we, above anything, we need hope. We need hope that we're going to impact some area of life. So if we do that and just pick that one thing that really is Mm -hmm. the most important passion of our heart, we can make a change in that area. Small may just be providing clothes for homeless, which isn't small. It's wonderful. Or it may be, you know, gathering enough people that you can change the trajectory of the homeless population. Whatever it is, you are actually making a difference. And to me, once you make a difference, you all of a sudden feel a little more optimistic and a little more hopeful rather than despondent and depressed that we find ourselves. 
Absolutely. And you know, there's a saying that we overestimate what we can accomplish like in a month and we, you know, underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. And I would even just say a lifetime, a lifetime of focusing, even just in small ways on one thing, the, the effect is huge. And so that's what I encourage everyone to do is really to really go inside and think about what's my one thing that I can focus on that I can make a change in the world. Okay, so I'm not gonna lie, I'm both freed by this idea and also a little bit anxious about it, but that's okay. I'm gonna sit with it. I'm gonna really think about it and pray on it. Um, I think I have in my mind, you know. Well, hold on, I wanna know what makes well, you anxious the, about The that. anxiety is, but what will everyone else think if I stop trying to do all the things? You know, what, what if I stop people pleasing? How will that affect um, the people? You know what I'm saying? I do, I yeah, do, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to just, I, you know, process know that through that and realize feels. that's not really my purpose in life, huh? That's probably not the thing I'm going to pick, people-pleasing. <laughs> that whole people thing is the, is the thing that, that gets us so wrapped up is not being able to go back and go, okay, but, but what really matters? And then the reality is, is that people don't care. We think they do, but they really don't care. They might think about you for five seconds, and then they're going to go about their day. And we have to go back to what do I know for sure? What really matters, right? And focus back on that. But once again, that anxiety is there and we have to recognize it. We have to speak it and then we have to walk through it. Okay, so say I successfully begin the process of letting go and putting my energy and my attention and my focus into the one thing. What happens when I actually get overwhelmed still with just the one thing? Because that's going to happen at times, right? A hundred percent. And that's, that's the beauty of the one thing is that you can see over the course of your life that, that needle moving forward. But the other beauty of it is that when you get tired, you can take a break and then you know exactly where you need to pick back up. And you, you, it goes back to the whole oxygen thing, no matter what it is that you are plugging along in, when you get tired, you are not effective. And when you get tired, you have to rest and it's okay to rest because you're going to pick it back up. And that's what you have to remind yourself too. I know there's so much going on in this world. I know that even when I go take a nap, there's a homeless person laying on the street, right? I know that when I take that break, that people are still hurting, but I also know that we have to fill the gas tank up because we will not get to the destination if we don't fill the tank. And they are waiting for us. They do need us to get to that destination. So yes, when you start to get overwhelmed by even that one thing, because whatever one thing you're, you're thinking about is important and it matters, you have to also allow yourself to take the rest. And sometimes that means completely disengaging, whether you know it's a vacation or it's, I'm not going to research this anymore. I'm not going to maybe get on that committee for this one season. I just had that experience myself. I, someone asked me, you know, there was a vac there was a vacancy in a committee about a purpose that I, I really feel strong about. And she said, will you please, you know, um, come on to this. We think you'd be perfect for this. And I had to look at my life and know that despite the fact that this is really, really important to me, this isn't the season. And I told her that I said, I would love to in the future. This is not the season for that right now, but if a vacancy ever comes back up again, please let me know because I might be able to do it then. And that's about caring for myself and also recognizing that that's going to give me gas to care for people later. Well, and I think the other thing it does is it allows someone else to do it 
which ah. they may be the one that actually needs to step in at that point. It's not you. So that means there's someone else that's the perfect fit. Isn't that such a great point, Darlene? Because often we think it's all us, right? We think we have to do it or it's not going to get done. What a great point. Yeah. And that's a good reminder for the other women who were kind of responding like me, like, but wait, what happens to all of the other things? So I think that's such a good, like, wrap it up, bring it all together, closing thought. Um, do you have any resources, Dr. Zoe, that you could suggest that we maybe pick up as we're putting some things down to help us, you know, kind of become comfortable with the idea of, yes, there's heaviness everywhere, but I'm, I'm putting my attention and my heart into these convictions that I'm holding into this thing that I'm passionate about? I do. There's a really great book uh, by John Eldridge and it's called Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. And I I love this book because he, you know, on a, on a global scale, he kind of addresses a lot of the things that we've been going through. And I don't, this book was written a couple of years ago. I think it was pre-COVID, but yet all of the information still applies. And he, he's just so good at honing in on what you're feeling. And he gives a lot of really good practices. He even talks about, you know, just um, allowing yourself to have one minute of quiet. I, I think it's every couple of hours scheduling that in where you're having that, that time where you can just be quiet and the effect that it has on your brain to, to block everything out. But it's a really great book. I suggest that you read it. Another one is called It's All Under Control by Jennifer Lee. Now, this one is less about all the angst that's going on in the world and dealing with it. It's more about all the angst that's going on in your own personal world and dealing with it. Um, but she also has, it's like a workbook or a devotional to go along with it. Mm -hmm. um, and for any woman in overwhelm, I think that both of those are excellent resources. Perfect. Thank you so much for those. I'll be adding them to my queue. Because <laughs> you're reading books yeah. now. Because I'm reading books now. I am proud of you. Yay, Julie. <laughs> I have counted today. I have read 15 this freaking year so far. Julie. 15. Woo! If you would have zero. I would have so. bet against that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, wow, my original goal was 12. Good so. job. Good job. <laughs> Well, Dr. Zoe, you have given us so many good things to um, add to our thought process and what to remove as well to try to gain control of this out of control world and find our own peace and purpose. And as always, I am so delighted that you've been with us and that you have such wisdom and such grace in everything that you give. Thank you. It's always an honor to hang out with you ladies. Dr. Zoe did mention her priorities, and I know one of them is the same for us, and that is our confidence and trust in a perfect God that loves us so much. So I went to the book of Isaiah and found this verse, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's Isaiah 26.3. It tells us what we need to think and how we need to feel and who we need to trust. Gosh, I love that scripture and, and I love so many of the things that Dr. Zoe shared today and I just want to help us kind of remember them as we step into the remainder of our day and hopefully choose to start applying them right away. 
in the world of chaos that we happen to find ourselves in, let's remember to ask ourselves, what do I know for sure? And then to walk strongly in those convictions while also holding them lightly. I love that she challenged us to read books and maybe turn off some of the news, to be the women who are not spreading fear, and to pick our one thing. So we hope that you will go and do this for your own specific grit and grace life. You can find more from Dr. Zoe at gritandgracelife.com. We'll put all of her social handles so you can follow her directly, links to her website. And of course, you can submit your questions for free on our Ask Dr. Zoe column. We can't wait to be with you next week. We'll be talking about friendship in your grit and grace life. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.